Nikki Cross confronts Alexa Bliss. Tucker returns after turning heel on Otis. And we watch the Survivor Series teams explode in this week's review of Monday Night Raw. Hey guys, before we start the review, I just want to say sorry I didn't get up a review for last Friday's SmackDown. I've been very sick, like I've had migraines, I haven't been able to breathe, and we're also working on repairing my office to where it looks nice, and hopefully I'll be able to start doing these things on video, so you guys can watch these on YouTube, or you can watch them here uh, completely, or listening to them here, uh, so that's completely up to you, but yeah, um, so- sorry about that, I did enjoy the show, it was very, very good, um, I think the best uh, best way to describe it is Brian Alvarez, who said it's a it's an Attitude Era show, where you had some very good stuff from Jay and Roman, and then the rest of the show was so-so. But yeah, that was SmackDown. Now on to Raw, and I was very excited because I waited so I could watch the whole show at 1.5 speed. But I kind of wish I didn't because it was really, really good. Um, With the exception of the first hour. So let's just quickly get through that. We open with a Randy promo, and they're trying to pull this angle saying that Randy, the Predator, has become the Prey. Miz... The Fiend, Drew, they're all coming for him. And then Randy, his delivery was solid. Like, he was very passionate. He was very, he cut a great promo. The problem was the promo was absolutely shit. Uh, sir, he said, I'm not the best of the best. I'm simply the best. And I'm like, that means the same thing, but okay. And then, of course, he delivers the line, I'm no longer a legend killer. I'm just a legend. Okay. All right. Whatever, Randy. I like that he cut down management saying they're not the reason I'm the champion because, you know, that's what a lot of people think. They're like, oh, no, Randy only got that because management likes him. So I like that even though it's it's like we don't believe you, but whatever. Uh, It was a good delivery of a very shitty promo. He challenges the locker room to fight him, at which point Alexa Bliss comes out smiling looking real creepy and then the fiend's music hits right after uh, alexa shows off these new gloves she has that say play and pain and she chooses pain for randy the fiend's music hits and then he gets claymored by drew mcintyre all right miz tries to cash in mcintyre stops him okay whatever yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm so tired of Drew and Randy. I really am. I was excited that The Fiend was going to come into it. And right now it's kind of like Spider-Man 3. They're just throwing too many things in at once. And uh, I do like that Drew says no one will take the gold from you except for me. It's a real fun little addition to the storyline. Uh, then we go to commercial. When we come back, we get a recap of what literally just fucking happened because this is a three-hour show we get a promo from miz and morrison miz is upset at drew and this is when i've realized that oh no miz is gonna have to make a choice because miz is very good right now in this storyline like he's really turning it on we're seeing that kind of like you guys remember the talking smack promo that really put miz back on the map he's showing shades of that But if he does, it doesn't work with Morrison. So he's kind of having to make a choice. He's kind of delving between two different personalities. Meanwhile, Morrison is still playing kind of like the schoolyard bully. Anyways, they challenge him, uh, Drew McIntyre, to a handicap match later that night. 
because fuck it. Um, then we get the most WCW shit of all time. Elias versus Jeff Hardy in a guitar on a pole match. The rules of the match, as stated before the match, were that you have to pull down the guitar and hit your opponent with it, and that's how you win. Um, the ugh, fuck Elias cut a promo and it was nothing but like this is gonna be my next big hit get it because hit is a music term but also it's what I'm gonna do with the guitar to Hardy um, then ne- they they did some erasure of the fact that Hardy helped Elias win last week because they realized oh no we fucked up and really it was just a couple of guys trying to climb a pole It didn't deserve two segments. Hardy finally gets it, jumps off the top rope, hits Elias with it, and then pins him because they literally forgot the rules of the match in the middle of the match. So, fuck it. This was the worst match of the night. He barely even broke the guitar over Elias' back. This was nothing. So now we get Mandy and Dana versus Jackson Baszler, who finally have combined entrance music and a combined Titantron. I like that. Lana comes out. And this was the first moment I realized that Lana is still wearing Natalia's, like, Natalia-inspired ring gear, because it's still got the heart and the black and pink. I don't know why she hasn't changed it yet. Highlights of this match, Mandy locked on a pretty decent octopus, and then Baszler was talking a lot of shit then there were a bunch of rough camera shots baszler chokes out one of the baby faces after lana does lana shit and i was just killer just killer naya take her out of her misery because <laughs> lana's they're trying to play lana as a baby face and that's just not gonna work so then we get a promo from randy orton and it was it was him basically saying i'm gonna interfere interfere in drew's match later and that was about it So now we get R-Truth versus Bobby Lashley for no fucking discernible reason. There's no reason this this fucking happens. There's no reason for this. Um, Bobby takes him out after Truth gets a little bit of fire in the beginning, but Bobby quickly submits him to the Hurt Lock. And I'll be honest, if it wasn't for R-Truth, this segment would have been nothing. It would have been absolutely nothing. But Truth, being his dumb idiot self, talking about the fact that he thought he was going to meet Bobby Boucher, not Bobby Lashley, that was really cute. But uh, Drew Gulak comes out post-match, tries to pin Truth for the 24-7 championship, but Bobby Lashley instead beats him down, puts him in the hurt lock, and then puts Gulak's body over Truth, I guess. Did Truth do something last week? Because I don't remember any reason for this at all. So Drew Gulak's the new 24-7 champion after Bobby Lashley just laid his lifeless body on our truth Why the fuck didn't Bobby win it? Like, I'm sorry... That, that that's the thing like same thing with Brock Lesnar like I don't think Brock won it either when Truth was in the ring with him but like it's still a championship it is still gold and the Hurt Business wants gold why not fucking win it why not put some prestige on that title because our truth can only do so much shit with it you gotta make it evolve so uh, we get a promo from the Lucha House Party and by promo I mean them saying hey should we go win the 24-7 championship? Oh absolutely the fuck not. Bobby Lashley's out there and then AJ's big boy is there and then yeah that was it. That was hour one. So now we get into hour two which is when the show started to really improve. We get a promo from Nia Jax where she says that she is going to end her end the career of Lana by the end of the night. If not just kick her off the team which I'm like yeah fuck yeah do it i want something someone better on this team now we get a promo from aj and 
I know I've been talking shit about AJ in the past few weeks, but he really killed it this week. AJ was the highlight of the night for me. He talks a big game, talks about being the captain of Team Raw, calls out Sheamus and Keith Lee, and I'll be honest, AJ seemed like a fucking leader here. He called them out and was straight up just like, all right, we got to unite. We got to work together because we got to beat SmackDown. Like, sure, there was still some ego play to it, but it was really him trying to unite them. I was excited because Keith Lee was back on his Keith Lee shit. It wasn't the weird, angry Keith Lee we've been getting the past few weeks. It was instead really charismatic, really, really smooth. And I love the fact that both him and Sheamus were talking shit about AJ's heater. They weren't all afraid of him. It was really good. And then Braun comes out. He says the only thing this team needs is these hands, demands to be team captain, and then uh, there's a big argument. Adam Pierce comes out and basically announces Braun to be on the team. Lee and Sheamus say, that's no, fuck that. And then Pierce says, okay, fine, triple threat match. Actually, no, AJ said this. AJ said triple threat match, whoever wins it, uh, if Braun wins it, he gets put onto the team. So it puts Braun in a position where he has to beat down two big boys to get on the team. It continues the Braun-Lee feud a little bit. And uh, then Braun literally delivers one of the lines of the night, which was, well, they don't pay me to talk, and gets in the ring, gets ready to fight, and... I don't know why this was a triple threat, you know, because I'm like, there's four members of the team. Just let all four of them fight. AJ's right there. But I'm happy AJ did not fight because the match was phenomenal and it was made better by the fact that AJ was hilarious on commentary because it was a violent, brutal affair. And the whole time AJ's on commentary, considering the fact that these are his teammates. So he's just like, man, I just want to roll up so nobody gets injured. And then there was a huge Tower of Doom spot and AJ screaming, how's the ring? AJ was great. Uh, it was a, this was a hoss fight to end all hoss fights. Like Braun, uh, I think Sheamus had Lee locked in a sleeper, and then Braun just speared them all through all the barricades. Not just one, all the barricades went down. It was horrifying. Uh, then we come back. AJ had another great line because Sheamus. I think Sheamus had Lee locked in like an arm hold and you heard aj scream don't break him don't break him just bend it and then um both men showed a lot of strength like sheamus and lee were both doing some really really big power moves but of course because he has to braun Strowman gets the victory uh pinning sheamus off of the running power slam after sheamus broke kicks lee and i'll be honest this turned me around on team raw it was a really really fucking fun segment it was really great uh aj gets back in the ring basically puts them all over and then looks at braun and lee who have had issues and asks them to shake it out so they shake hands it was a really nice moment then he tries to get the same out of sheamus but sheamus just let uh, lost so sheamus refuses but then he hugs him before brogue kicking his ass off but then lee takes him out of the ring and then finally aj frustrated drop kicks lee out of the ring while screaming why can't you get along Wow! Like he screamed it to the fucking heavens. It was hilarious. This was a very good segment. I loved this. This was match of the night for me. Probably segment of the match of the night as well. It was really great. We then get a promo from Angel Garza. And that man's just trying to fuck the entire WWE universe. I don't know what this segment was supposed to do, but it was just him seducing the audience. (laughs) Then we get another fucking recap of the opening segment because 
It's a three-hour show. Drew cuts a promo, and I'll be honest, I don't remember what it was, but it was he's just so fun and charismatic. Like you could still hear hear a viciousness behind it, but like uh he talked about the fact that he's now Randy's guardian angel. He's gonna make sure nobody hurts Randy except him. And I love that kind of storyline. And that leads us into the Firefly Funhouse. And this was a much better Firefly Funhouse than we've been getting because we finally have a story that works. Alexa worked a lot better in the environment than she did last year. I think she fits a lot more. And of course, much like Sesame Street, this letter, this show is brought to you by the letter L. Firefly Funhouse was brought to you by the three most dangerous letters in WWE, R. K-O. And then Abby the Witch says Randy Horton can go fuck himself. And it, yes, yes, Abby's swearing was phenomenal. Bray initially says he's going to forgive Randy, but then he has flashbacks. And then, of course, looks and says he never forgets. He will never forget. And then uh, Alexa says, well, before we do that, I'm going to show you guys a new trick. And then she has her weird contacts from last week and then spits out blood or a long tongue. I don't know what it was, but it was a weird way to end this. But otherwise, it was a really good fun house. I'm happy that Bray has a story now so he can make these things work. Now we get Nia versus Lana, because like Nia said, I'm going to take you out. And yeah, that's all she did. This was just a fucking violent, brutal beatdown of Lana. And of course, she had a few opportunities to get the pin. Nia tried for it and then would pull up the head, pull the shoulders off the mat. She would pull that. Um, Also, Peyton and Lacey are still tag teaming, and I couldn't be more fucking upset. Peyton deserves Lana's spot. That's where Peyton needs to be working right now. But nope, that's fine. Um, I guess the way this match was trying to build sympathy for Lana, I think, because they want her to be a babyface. So a lot of the best ways to make a babyface is have them get beat down so brutally you can't help but feel for them. Feel for not just the rest of the character, but for the performer and what they're putting up with. The problem is, that didn't fucking work here. Uh, it was just kind of exciting to watch Lana get beat down by a massive Samoan woman. And then, of course, pens are off the Samoan drop, and then they put her through a table as commentary screams out, you better respect Nia Jax. And Nia's screaming, you don't deserve to be a ring in a ring with us. And yeah, I didn't realize how many times she's put her through that table, by the way, but commentary was like, yeah, it's it's been six, now seven times. We now get uh, R-Truth backstage for a brief segment where the Hurt Business look at him and spook him away and then walk out to the ring. Okay. It was just something. It was one of those, all right, Hurt Business up next segments. And it's the VIP lounge. And they basically say, you remember that weird line from last week where um, Shelton said, we want to be paid in gold? And I thought it was weird. I don't know why I never thought about gold meeting championship belts, because that's essentially what this segment was. It was them saying, we took care of retribution, so now we demand our payment, and we want the Raw Tag Team title, setting up them versus the New Day. And luckily, New Day came out early, and they really saved this segment. They put it over hard. They started off talking about how old the majority of the Hurt Business is, which I had never realized, but yeah, like they almost are... They kind of remind me of Evolution in a weird way. MVP being Flair, Bobby and Shelton being your, um, I guess Bobby would be your Triple H, and then Shelton and Cedric being Batista and Orton. 
And so, yeah, that's it was a really fun little segment. Kofi was talking about all his ta- uh, title reigns and the whole time he'd be like tag titles and then X respond plural. And then finally he got to WWE championship and then X had to be like singular okay you didn't have to tell me about that like that was fucking hilarious and then the segment ends with mvp wanting to set up the differences between the new day and the hurt business of which there are many and then uh, another line of the night came from xavier which was y'all tried to open a business in 2020 (laughs) and fuck yeah new day saved this segment i will never not love a new day segment but unfortunately i'm not gonna love a new day match because new day versus the hurt business technically it was sound it just never clicked and connected to me it never resonated emotionally with me like i do love the fact that they're now making the new day kind of all even and i know that's how they've always been presented but when you would look at the matches it would always be xavier getting beat down and then kofi getting the hot tag not so anymore now you can kind of see both of them getting hot tags both of them working together they're both on the same level and i really like that i really really appreciate that but like i said it it never clicked but there was some good shit like kofi doing a leap into a hurricane rana but then the camera cuts kept fucking things up so like kofi would go for a big spot but then the camera would cut away and then of course we get a solid double team finish retro i'm sorry hurt business wins and retribution is nowhere to be found which i'm kind of happy about because now that means both of the hurt business storylines are over but now i have to deal with hurt business versus new day so okay now backstage nikki cross confronts alexa bliss and of course nikki is being the reasonable friend saying why are you allowing the fiend to tear our friendship apart is he the one telling you to avoid me is this is is this why this is happening and then alexa turns around she's got in her spooky contacts and it's enough to scare scare nikki away okay sure fuck it uh we go to commercial we come back and we've got ricochet versus tucker and i was very excited tucker has a new look i would change a lot about it because he does look like a creator wrestler but i was excited to see this matchup i was excited to see heel tucker i was excited to see what he was gonna do unfortunately my answer was not fucking much because mustafa ali comes out and basically confronts ricochet stares him down and so ricochet turns it on beats the living hell out of Tucker and gets a very, very quick victory. At which point, Retribution come out, surround the ring, and just beat them both down. They beat down Tucker, who has now officially nothing. Tucker has nothing now. And T-Bar just yeets Ricochet around the ring. And then uh, Mustafa screams out, no sin is forgiven until it's punished. I feel like there are numerous other people who they should be going after other than Ricochet. I think Ricochet should join them, to be honest with you, because Retribution's all about people who have been wronged by WWE. Fucking Ricochet's top of that list. Like, I think he needs to join them, but apparently that's the next rivalry. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to do retro five people versus a single person in a storyline. I guess it's going to build to Mustafa versus uh, R- Ricochet, but I don't know. Um, it was exciting. It was exciting to see Retribution actually facing someone who's a heel, or I'm sorry, facing someone who's a baby face. So that's interesting. I just, 
I don't have enough faith in them yet. I, I want to. I want to have faith because I love all of the members of Retribution and I love Ricochet. I just don't believe in WWE's creative system. So now we go backstage where Drew is confronted by Sheamus. And is Sheamus babyface now? Because that's how he was playing it. Sheamus is trying his best to reunite with Drew, reunite the Celtic connection, they called it. And I was like, yeah, that makes fucking sense. Drew would do amazing on the Survivor Series team. But Drew's like, nope, I'm I'm focused on Randy Orton. And I'm like, you don't need to be, dog. You don't need to be. Go somewhere else. And I'll be honest. I, I I liked it. I've hated Sheamus as a babyface in the past, but if it's him and Drew, yes, that would work. Those two is like a two-man power trip kind of angry Celt connection. Yes, that would rule. So now we get the main event. Miz and Morrison versus Drew McIntyre. This shouldn't fucking main event, but it did. And the story of the match was really just Miz and Morrison using their double team tactics to get one over. And unfortunately, in the beginning, it didn't work. McIntyre really gave it to him. But when we and what I was proud of, I was very proud of WWE for this. We went to commercial. When we came back, McIntyre was still in control. They didn't do it. They didn't do the lazy turn. We actually got to see Miz and Morrison naturally come back. They hit a big series of kicks. Then both of them together tossed drew into the ring post and that's what allowed them to get the advantage commentary was playing up oh it's his injuries from hell in a cell and i'm like no fucking just put over miz put over morrison especially morrison because he was doing some really impressive shit during this match i do like at one point drew hitting the um 10 beats of the bodron on morrison a little tribute to sheamus that was nice i would I, i i liked the connection between those two i really do and then Miz finally gets the advantage, hits the skull-crushing finale, his finishing move, the move that ends matches, Drew kicks out. That move is the least protected move in WWE history. I, Miz needs a new finisher. He really, really does, because that move has been destroyed to a point where he hit it, and I'm like, no, oh, Drew will kick out of that. And uh, so he gets out, and then McIntyre wins off of a fucking Claymore. Do they just want it to be the least believable shit when Miz wins off the Money in the Bank briefcase? I mean, because, like, he's... Like I said earlier, Miz is really weird right now, because at one point he was being the kind of evil heel Miz we're used to, but then he was also being like, hey, hey, ho, ho, Miz and Morrison, like, shit like that. I'm like, okay, you gotta you gotta fucking pick a side, my dude, because right now you're giving me creative whiplash of who you're trying to be. So, yeah, it's gonna be ridiculous and no one's gonna like it when Miz Cash is in because they're not investing in him. Like, obviously, he has the briefcase, he's in storylines, but no one's fucking invested in the Miz, and that sucks. Because when the Miz is great, the Miz is absolutely fucking great, but no one's willing to believe in him right now. Anyways, um, McIntyre celebrates, and this is when I was like, okay, good, Sheamus can brogue kick him to show him up. So he can learn that he needs to focus on Team Raw, not focus on Randy. No, Randy just drops him with an RKO. Then Bray Wyatt laughs, and then the show was over. I thought the last two Raws had a rushed ending. This was so fucking rushed. It was literally RKO, Bray laughter, Bray end credits. That was it. That was it. That was the end of the show. Um, 
like i said it had some very good moments but it also had some very dark moments i said this is like this is medium this is medium of the road it's not well done it's not rare it is right in the middle baby that is what this show is uh but do you agree do you disagree let me know on twitter at scotty mo s-e-o-t-t-y-e-m-o and as always make sure to check out the fight boys youtube channel where i may start posting these live so you can look at my face and my office and all that shit while i talk about wrestling and you can find that on youtube just look up fight boys boys is spelled with a z we got our own wrestling organization we got tons of stuff waiting on you over there and we'd love for you guys to join us and as always remember to follow us on twitter at fight boys show because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life